You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Discussing the topics that matter to you because they matter to us, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Welcome to Brumpod Episode 8. Apologies in advance straight away because I am suffering the tail end of man flu, but I will battle on like a trooper. Uh, But luckily, there's a lot of people that can be doing the talking today, so you won't have to suffer my voice. Today, we have Gail Kelly, who is the regional fundraiser for Birmingham and Black Country at Parkinson's UK. Hi, Gail. Hi everyone. So I'm here with Hello, uh, welcome. Jason and Ewan as well. Danny's not here today. He's uh, flying off to Essex. Uh, but we'll we'll crack on without him. We don't need him. Uh, so yes, Gail, just tell us a little about your background and how you got to where you are now. Well, I've been in the charity sector for about 15 years now, and I've been at Parkinson's UK since. 2017 I've worked at quite a few different charities so national international doing all different types of fundraising roles but I actually started my working life as a travel agent Um, yeah no a bit different and then moved into property management and then into charity so when I started working in the charity sector I knew straight away that that's what I wanted to do I, I didn't really ever want to go back to the corporate world to be honest so yeah yeah, yeah I love it though. it's really good fun and so because uh, in case there are those listening who aren't as familiar with what Parkinson's is uh, can you tell us about what it is and how it affects people and there's there's I know certainly Michael J Fox is one famous case that people most likely be aware of yeah, it, it is quite a complicated condition, to be honest. It's a progressive neurological condition, which basically means that it causes problems in the brain and it gets worse over time. So it doesn't get any better. There's no cure. So once you're diagnosed, you're diagnosed and that's it. It's not going to go away. Um, people with Parkinson's don't have enough of the chemical dopamine um, and that those are the nerve cells in your in your brain and, they, and they've died. So that's what causes Parkinson's in a, in a very basic nutshell. And it affects about 145,000 people in the UK with about 12,000 people in the West Midlands living with it. And it does affect everyone differently. I think most people automatically think of tremors and, and shaking when they think of Parkinson's. But there's a lot more horrible symptoms like freezing, loss of smell muscle stiffness, a lot of pain and depression and anxiety. So it's it's not it's not a nice condition to have to live with. And as you said, Michael J. Fox, yes, he's probably the, the most well-known person um, that has it. But there are quite a few other famous people like Billy Connolly, um, Neil Diamond, Alan Alder from MASH, if you remember him. Oh, right. Um, David Kid Jensen, remember the DJ from Radio 1, Top of the Pops? So, yeah, yeah there, there's, there's quite a few um, famous people, more, and obviously Muhammad Ali had it as well. He, he was very well known for having it and, and trying to raise awareness about it. So, oh, of course, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people think that it is an old person's condition, and it's not. 
I mean, yes, many people who, who get Parkinson's are aged 50 or over, but younger people can get it too. And I actually know quite a few people in Birmingham in their 30s who have it, which is quite devastating, really, to have that at such a, lot, a young age. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So how, how easy is it to kind of get the message out and to stand out from all the other charities who are raising money for kids or fluffy animals or whatever? Yeah, it, it, is, it is difficult. Um, and I know because obviously in Birmingham there are some well-known charities that everyone knows. So I do have a lot of stiff competition. And, it, and I think with any smaller charity, it's quite hard to compete. So I think from my point of view, I just try and come up with really interesting and different events that maybe will catch people's attention. It will stand out, you know, get people talking. So from a, an events point of view, I try to make them something that people will want to go to regardless of it's a charity event or not. You know, it's something, yes, I want to go to that great as an addition it raises money for charity and then we start talking about the charity and why we're there and why we do what we do and I think that's a really good way to to sort of try and do it when you're a small charity and you don't have the massive marketing budget like some of the big charities do that's what I try and do anyway I try and just raise awareness of what we do when I'm so out creating an event for a great event's sake which happens to be a fundraising effort rather than it being sort of fully branded as a yes. a charity yeah. thing it, it, it's yeah. a standalone event in its own right in a way yeah, yeah. yeah. i think that's, that's the best way to go isn't it because at least people yeah. get immediate value from that regardless of exactly. what it's actually for yeah exactly yeah mm. so so, what, so, so how important is networking to what you do oh it's, it's integral to be honest with you um I, I remember when i was actually interviewed for my role I said that one of my aims would be to attend networking events and to really get the charity known in Birmingham. And I, th I think over the past year, you know, it, it's it's took a year, but I think I've managed to do that. And now when I look at my own fundraising strategy for the next two to three years, networking actually plays a huge part. And I think networking should form part of any business or charity's marketing st strategy anyway, to be honest with you. Um, I think if people aren't doing it, they're missing out, <laughs> missing a trick. Absolutely. So yeah. what, what sort of events do you do? What, what's your preferred flavour? I mean, nowadays, especially in Birmingham, you could probably find a networking event at any time of day, any, any day of the week, pretty much. Oh, yeah. So yeah. have you got any sort of preferred, are you an early bird, night owl, in between, all of the above? <laughs> I'm definitely not an early bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I work from home. So travelling into town for a seven o'clock meeting in the morning isn't ideal. But I can see how that definitely works for people who already work in town and then just, you know, go on to their normal working day at nine o'clock. So but for me, a daytime, a lunchtime or an after work, they're my my preferred timings. Um, but, yeah, as you say, that there are so many. Um, oh, God, there's, there's so many you could choose from. If, if, if I wanted to, I could probably go to at least two a week. And I know that a few of them clash, and I've spoken to other people about that. So I try, I go to the Brummies networking as often as I can. Um, right. I, Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that, and it was actually the very first networking event that I went to back when I started this job. So 
yeah, it was it was very good. I remember walking into a huge group of people being absolutely terrified. Seeing Jason and you stayed anyway, which is which is really good. Seeing Jason, yeah. <laughs> I, I have that effect on people. Actually, I have to say he was brilliant because straight away he said, Right, I'm going to introduce you to, you know, two or three people who will be really helpful to you and then they will introduce you to other people and that's what he did. And it went from there and, and that was that was perfect for me because I hadn't done that type of networking before, so it was really good. So yeah. Um, I've been to one in the jewellery quarter recently. That was quite good because I enjoyed that. Um, that was after work. I've been to a few where you pay a minimal charge for, you know, you get a couple of drinks and some canapes. And I've also been to a couple where they're a bit more structured, like sit-down meals with networking at the start. Um, they're, they're okay. Um, but I do find some of them, they're a bit too expensive for me as a charity. So I do miss out probably on, on a couple of good ones. Yeah. Um, but I have to be very choosy if I go to paid ones. You know, I have to feel that they're worth it and, and it's going to be worth me going from paying for them. So. And then for the yeah, ones I, you I've pay for, go on. No, I, I had a couple of questions with networking, which uh, one of them was, obviously from a female perspective, what is it to walk in room full of complete strangers and know that you have to network as part of your business and the other one was really about also as a charity how do you when there's a lot of competition in the room when you walk in and you know there's six other charities already in the room how do you tend to work with that yeah i think from the female perspective that doesn't bother me in the slightest because i find that when i go to most of the networking events now there's a very even split you know it's not male dominant anymore i think maybe in the in the past it might have been um but i think now there's quite a good a good even split of male and female which is nice um so that that's that's fine um but to be honest when i get to networking events i i obviously never know who's going to be there so i i have no idea if there are any other charities there and i'm quite glad because i think if i already knew that there were you know, three or four or five other charities in the room, that would probably make me a little bit more nervous. But because I haven't, I haven't a clue. I've got no idea who's there. It doesn't, it doesn't worry me. So I, you know, I'll just go in, just talk to people, and start chatting to them. And I think I've only possibly come across it twice in networking where I've actually been in the same room with other charities, <laughs> which is quite unusual. Okay. So, yeah. That's quite useful as well. Yeah. Obviously, with all sectors, you have uh, areas where some people are they're open to collaboration, and there's other times when you're just both outright competing for exactly the same thing. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, so some networking events they will clearly lock out competitors if you join, but they're usually the more subscription based, and then you've up and networking where occasionally you can walk into a room and it's it's all down one particular theme I mean, I've, I've noticed with brummies that uh, we've had really media heavy uh, one month then the following month accountants and uh, yeah thankfully I've not seen that with charities yet we do have a number of charities that come in but uh, I don't think it's at saturation no no, no it's no. not with, with events that you've been to that are sort of paid for, either sort of just on, on an event charge uh, basis or on a, 
annual subscription based. What? How do you treat that in terms of people that you may then see more regularly compared to uh, events like Brummies and and many other events that have a, a sporadic uh, amount of people per month that could be totally a totally different crowd month to month as opposed to the more prescribed ones. Do you, do you have a, a preferred way of going into those sort of meetings to, in terms of trying to stand out or a plan to get word out or stand out from the crowd or how, how do you treat networking in that sense? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, whether it's a free one or it's a paid one, I do tend to treat them exactly the same um, because obviously you st- you're still going to get a really good high calibre of people and, and such a wide variety of people there. So, you know, whether they're they're paid for or not, I still go in with the same structure, the same idea, you know, and the same goal. Um, so all I my it's probably very basic to some people, but my my plan is basically to go in and make new contacts and raise awareness of Parkinson's and just tell people what we offer in the community, whether it's raising awareness and doing talks to businesses or community groups, rotaries, lions, things like that. Um, volunteering opportunities. I find that people are really interested in hearing about what volunteering they could do as a, as a business. Um, and then obviously telling people about local events or just chatting, to be honest. I, I never go in asking for money and I never go in asking people to do fundraising for us. I just I don't like that. And I, I would hate that if I was if I wasn't in a, a charity, I would hate it if someone did that. So I deliberately don't do that. You know, I, I just treat it as a chance to meet new people and, and chat to them and get the word out there. And I think when I do talk to people, it's quite it's quite strange. They 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 might have heard of Parkinson's or have a vague idea of what it is, but most of them don't realise that there's a charity out there. Um, they definitely don't know that we offer local support. Um, but then when I actually start talking to them, it's incredible how many know someone who's got the condition, <laughs> and that's yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. Um, so yeah, so then you know I'll say to them, "Well, did you actually know that there's a Birmingham presence here? You know, we I'm here, we do events, we've got local support groups, and people say no, didn't have a clue." So you know that's always been my main aim over the last year and, and carrying forward is is to raise the awareness and to tell people, "Look, we're here. You know, we we offer support, and yeah, brilliant. If you want to help and do something and come to an event or do something to help, brilliant." But and presumably that there are people in your capacity all over the UK, because I know you're the, the regional fundraiser for, for Brum and the Black Country. So yeah. presumably all over the UK there are equivalents of you that are doing exactly the same. Yeah, that's right. Actually, strangely enough, um, we've got a... There's about 35 of us, 35 fundraisers, in every region across the UK. And it always comes up at meetings and team meetings about networking. And not many people... I think I'm the the main person that actually does it in the whole of the UK. Really? <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, it always crops up. Oh, Gail, you've been doing this and that, and you, you're on social media and LinkedIn. Can you tell us how to do it or what's the best way to go about it? And actually, we've got a big team meeting in Scotland um, in a couple of weeks, and I've been asked to put together a presentation about how networking fits in to charity and how, you know, what I've done and how I've, built up my connections and how it's helped so i'm actually going to be sharing my experiences with the rest of, of parkinson's in a couple of weeks time oh, that's good well, yeah. why do you think that, that they aren't 
utilizing networking? Is it is it just because they're they've never done it before and that are sort of maybe yeah. apprehensive about starting and don't know how to start going yeah, about I, it? Or I honestly think it is. Yeah, I think that. I mean, one, they're all they're so busy. I mean, you, that we, there's one of us. You know, we don't have teams. You know, I haven't got anybody else here. It, it is we are just on our own. So obviously, it's a very busy role. So I think networking maybe for some people takes a back seat, or they don't think it's particularly important, or they might not see what they'll get out of it. So I'm always the one pushing it and bringing it up at meetings and saying, look, you know, you can do this. I send them information. I say, just type it into Google or just go on LinkedIn and put networking in. And I said, if you might be, you will be amazed at what you'll find, to be honest. And I, you know, I, I tell them about my success, and they're just, oh really (laughs) yeah you need to do it and and i think that i think it will develop i think that people will start doing it more to be honest now they can see the success that i've been having i think it will start to to roll roll out more hopefully i think it's brilliant i think it's an integral part of what i do so i think it's great i think it, it, it is true i mean that we from time to time we do get quite a few uh people that are completely new to networking that come along to Brummies and you know a while back that that's I'm sure the other guys agree that's what pretty much pretty much what prompted us to write the uh, the Brummies guide to networking which is one of our uh, free pdf things that gets sent to people as soon as they sign up to the mailing list uh, just to you know debunk some of the myths and just to give it use it as a gentle introduction to how networking works generally and how to best go about it because uh, I, 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 when I went to my first networking meeting in 2004, I think it was, I, I was certainly apprehensive, but I knew it was something I had to do. But then again, I sort of went in a little bit guns blazing and didn't really care at the time. But <laughs> I, th- I can see why a lot of people would be apprehensive about starting and trying yeah. to find how how and where to find the right groups to attend, given, yeah. you know, all over the UK, I mean, there's... There's going to be so many different types and flavours of events people can go to. Well, I remember reading your um, your guide when I first started, and I, that was really that was actually really helpful. And I sent it on to to a lot of my other um, colleagues as well for them to read. And, and, oh, you know, that's said, good. Yeah, yeah. I said, look, it is terrifying when you're walking in. It's your first time. You know, there's whether there's 50 people or 100 people, you don't know a soul, and you just have to. It, you know, you do get a bit. Oh God, can I do this? And you do. You just have to just go in. And if, if from my point of view, if I found one person that was nice to me, and then they introduced me to someone else, and then it it went on from there, I was happy. You know, if I walked away from that first one, which I did, I worked. I walked away from Brummies with some with I think maybe three absolutely brilliant contacts that I'm still in contact with now, and that helped me now. Um, then brilliant job done you know <laughs> this is not a paid endorsement it's only because i go to yours quite frequently and yours was the first one i went to so yeah so so uh, when you're out networking are you are you kind of hunting for those people who are particularly receptive because they already know about parkinson's and they know somebody who's who's suffering from it no, no, no. Probably the opposite. All right. Probably the opposite, to be honest. It's it's always really helpful if I'm just randomly talking to someone, which happens 
nine times out of ten and they'll say oh yeah my my mum's got it or oh my neighbor's got it or yeah my uncle had it or i remember a friend of the family had it and then at least they they get it you know they understand it but a lot of the time i'll talk to people and they've heard of it or they might have a distant relative that's had it maybe a you know 90 year old aunt or something but it's not it's never really it's not something that's that's in their head to think about you know they're not it's parkinson's isn't going to be the first charity that they think about mm. put it that way um so then when i meet people who know nothing about it it's actually quite a challenge and it's quite good for me to then say well actually you know there's there's maybe so many people in this area that have it there are people in their 30s and 40s that have it you probably know someone that has it and they haven't even told you because they're embarrassed. You might be working with someone and they haven't told you. Would you know what the symptoms are? No. So then, you know, then we have we start having conversations and, and, and they actually, I, I find it's nice because then they are really interested in finding out a bit more about what the symptoms are and, and then the conversations just roll then. It's, it's great. It's really interesting. Brilliant. And going back to the sort of events that you hold, I know I've seen your Twitter account and you've you've got a secret supper event coming up soon, haven't you, in the next month or two? Yeah. And it sounds really unusual, given the fact that you earlier said, you know, creating a, a good event for a good event's sake rather than it just being a fundraising effort. So t tell us more about that secret supper. Yeah, it's actually nearly sold out. That's good. <laughs> I, I put it on sale a month ago and considering that it, it's it was a brand new event, it's it is unusual. It's never been done before. Um, I think we've got about 20 tickets left, so I'm really excited. So it's basically it's a multi-dining experience in St Paul's Square on the 9th of April. So guests will visit three different restaurants for three different courses, with the location of their meals being kept a surprise right until the evening. And they have a drink reception at the Jam House as well, and that's where they find out where they're going to be eating so they won't know until the night um okay but, yeah so many people have been talking about it and ask and then they've been asking when the next one is i'm like well hang on let me <laughs> do the first one. <laughs> but yeah i wanted to just do something different and actually i i use networking as, as a little bit of, of free market research because when i first started thinking about it last year um, at the networking events, I started talking to people and I said, what do you think about this idea? How much would you pay? Do you think, would you attend? Do you think it's good? Would your company be interested? And the feedback that I've got then from those networking events helped me to to mould the event and, and, and sort of make it really interesting and really good. And the feedback's been incredible. It's just been absolutely amazing. Everyone that I've spoken to said, yeah, that's great. It's a really good idea. I want to go. I want, I want to come along. So I'm also highlighting some of the um, the independent restaurants in Birmingham because obviously we're all massive foodies in Birmingham. We've got some brilliant restaurants. So I want to make this one a success and then do it bigger and better every year and then hopefully make it into an annual event so that the secret supper becomes a sort of name you know that people go oh yeah the secret supper and now actually i'll walk into some networking events and people will say oh yeah you're the girl doing the secret supper <laughs> <laughs> you know it's fine they might not link it that it's parkinson's but they'll know it's an event 
and that's brilliant that's fine because then once they're there they'll get to learn a little bit more about parkinson's and the money raised obviously is going to parkinson's so it's great absolutely <laughs> well, that's the main thing with networking you put your name out there and you get known yeah uh, possibly more for being you than what you do mm, yeah and having the ability to not just treat which are you know possibly people very new to networking may sort of have a fairly narrow view of what networking is so it isn't about selling to the room you know in this case it isn't even about selling through the room to the contacts that uh that people there may know but in your case you know that that's been a perfect platform utilizing your various networking uh, events and opportunities to use as market research instant yeah. audience to you know test out ideas yeah, definitely. Yeah, it has which isn't rude. something that a lot of people may immediately think of doing, but you know, <laughs> yeah. ha have audience will utilise. Why not? Yeah. yeah. So, ha have you got some more events coming up this year as well as the Secret Supper? And and how, if so, how can people get involved? I've got yeah, I've got a few. Um, I've got a on May Sunday, May the nineteenth. I've got a sparkling afternoon tea at the Park Regis Hotel. Um, and it's not just any old afternoon tea, of course, because it's me. So, it's going to be different. <laughs> um, so we've got some live acoustic music and some arts and craft stalls, and they're all local. So they're all local bands, they're all local arts and craft sellers. Because I like to get the community involved, so it'll be a nice, relaxing afternoon. And then on June the 9th, I've got a walk around Sutton Park. And we haven't done this before in Birmingham for Parkinson, so it's brand new. Got a nice gentle 1.2 mile or a six mile walk. So I'm hoping that will be a success. And then on October the 13th, I've got a fire walk, which is over at Starbridge Cricket Club. Um, but oh, okay. it's, it's actually um, it's our 50th anniversary this year, so it's quite a nice one to celebrate. And we, we're trying to get people or businesses or groups involved who are maybe celebrating their 50th birthday or anniversary and try and tighten a little bit together so yeah that's a nice idea yeah yeah quite nice to do so i think i might manage the 1.2 miles around sutton park but the fire walking definitely not <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised you know how many people have said yeah i want to do a fire walk i'm thinking oh god you're mad <laughs> but yeah <laughs> you know that's how are you doing it gail no no I, i'm too busy organizing <laughs> Well, bizarrely, about 18 years ago, I was there, there was a, a local, uh, to me, there was a firewalk uh, for charity happening, uh, which I applied for, started getting sponsorship for, and then I broke my foot. Oh. Uh, and it needed surgery, and because of the uh, scar and everything, I wasn't allowed to do it. <laughs> so... Oh dear, how sad. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a kind of relief, but I was disappointed at the time, but... Uh, yeah, in hindsight, the the idea of a firewalk does terrify me still slightly, but uh, but enough people do it, so it's it's got to be safe yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. Very safe. <laughs> <laughs> so for people that want to find you on Twitter, I know you've got quite a lengthy Twitter name, haven't you? Oh gosh, I have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me read it to make sure I get this right. I don't want to tell you the wrong one. I've got I've got Twitter and Facebook and Instagram now, which is very interesting. Okay, so Twitter is at Gale, which is G A Y L E, P U K, as in Parkinson's UK, Bham, as in Birmingham, B C. 
at Gail P U K B Ham B C. And we'll certainly put a link to that direct in the show notes as well, so people can find it. And of course, if people do want to find out more about Parkinson's, then you can find that on all the W's parkinsons.org.uk yeah where do you get the tickets for the secret supper oh good point yes you just go to parkinsons.org.uk forward slash secret supper 19 but it's getting so much attention now if you just type in parkinsons plus secret supper into google it's the first thing that comes up (laughs) ah that's good which is amazing so Well, I think that pretty much covers it for episode eight. So many thanks, Gail, for joining us and giving us your insights on how you treat networking, because it is always interesting to see how various people utilise networking in their business. So and I think that you've raised some brilliant points about how people can get involved and and utilise it to the best it can be. So many thanks for that. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So many thanks to everyone for listening. And... uh, We shall see you for episode nine. Hopefully without man flu. (laughs) You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Follow us on Twitter at Brumpod. You can subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>